You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay, and we are live, but we're letting it breathe just for a moment as we bring on Facebook. As the Hall of Fame game has officially kicked off, we've said it before, football's back, and we meant it, and it was. But today, football's really back. There are two teams, two outside teams going at it. But listen, welcoming everybody to the Huddle Up podcast presented as always by Mile High Huddle, powered by Blue Wire Pods. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, and with me is my fellow football priest and the deputy editor of MileHighHuddle.com, Zach Kelberman. Zach, I know that you're going to have one eye on the pod tonight, one eye on what's happening here, because one of the hats that you wear as deputy editor of MHH, you also are a lead analyst for heavy covering the Dallas Cowboys. So can you tap the top of your head and rub your belly at the same time? I've been doing it for a couple of years now and I'll do it until I can't do it anymore. Chad, I'm just so happy as I'm literally watching the play break down right now and the Cowboys defense looking like the Cowboys defense. I'm so happy football is back. I am literally so pumped up, Chad, my favorite time of the year. I know it's the Hall of Fame game. I know that the Cowboys have 16 players who aren't playing. The starters aren't going to play very long, but it's real live football, the first NFL football since January. As you can tell, I am very excited. Hey, man, we all are, and as well we should be. Tonight is the Mile High Mailbag because we are your football priests. Each and every week, we're here to offer you the absolution and answers to your burning Broncos questions So get them ready. Questions, super chats, get your stars in. Remember, we are working toward 500,000 stars on Facebook. And when we reach that point, we're going to raffle off to the star senders a Von Miller jersey. So help us get there. We're going to get to all that. Topics, questions will be as democratic as possible, getting across as many platforms as possible, the questions tonight. But first, we want to bend the ear of MHH analytics slash Hall of Fame expert Tom Hall. He was on with us just a few days ago. Tom, what's cooking, dude? How are you? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Good. We've been looking forward to this chat. And by the way, guys, as you can see on the screen, make sure you're following Tom on Twitter at Thomas Hall NFL. First things first, Tom, we'll get to your article today, which was very good as always, but let's celebrate. Let's talk just a minute about the guys going in the hall for the Denver Broncos Three guys, right? Three last year Broncos fans. It was like Hall of Fame interrupt us for for lack of a better term. Everyone's excited that Steve Atwater finally gets the call, and then he's not really able to be fully celebrated the way that you you right. traditionally would because of the pandemic. That changes Saturday, followed by Peyton Manning and then John Lynch Sunday. So, what do you remember about these guys? And talk a little bit too. I mean, John Lynch, Steve Atwater, their path to the Hall was a little bit more meandering and. Of course, sure. Peyton being a first ballot. Yeah. So, well, for, I'll start off with uh, with Steve Atwater. I mean, I, I grew up watching him. Well, I, he, partially, I was I'm a little older than than most of the Broncos fans, but one of my favorite players of all time. Obviously, amazing hitter. You can't put a uh, highlight film together uh, about tackling or hitting without uh, had, having him in the uh, in there somewhere. So, yeah, and and just an incredible person, from what I understand too. So it's 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 a little bit um, 
I guess, bittersweet that they're, you know, he's not going in. He's got to share the limelight with uh, another class. So it's a bummer. Uh, but man, one of my favorite players, it's great to see him going in. And frankly, to have, uh, you know, so many Broncos going into the hall recently um, is a joy to watch. It really is. Uh, um, Peyton Manning and John Lynch, I know they played for uh, the Broncos for a short time. And I'm a, I guess I'll probably get a little heat for this, but I still consider them, you know, Colts and Bucks because I got I cut, I make a cutoff of, they have to play at least 35% of their, their years before I'm like, okay, they're full Broncos. They're going in the hall of fame as the Broncos, but it doesn't mean we can't celebrate the the greatness that they are and what they did for the team when they were here. So it, I mean, Peyton Manning, obviously first ballot, uh, John Lynch was a little bit of a surprise to me this year going in. I didn't know if he's going in this year. I thought Zach Thomas would, would, uh, bump him, but you know, it's, it's a, it, both, you know, are des- very deserving. Actually, all three are very deserving for the hall. So. It looks like we got Stu, you know, dropping a bomb on us, a Stu bomb, as he as he wants to do a Zeus bomb. Zeus. Thank you, Zeus. Tom, can we get a, a Zeus from you? <laughs> Zeus. There you, go. <laughs> there, you go. there you go. That was a good one. We, everyone appreciates you, Stu. You are a legend for a reason. You have your own sound effect for a reason, Stu. So we definitely appreciate you, uh, Tom. Real quick, thank you for coming on with us tonight and joining us and uh, sharing your expertise about this. You kind of answered my question, but what are you as a, not just a Broncos fan, but as a football fan, as you know, like a hardcore football fan, what are you looking forward to the most from the festivities? Are you like a speech, just a, a visual? Tell me what you're most excited about. Yeah. I mean, I, I enjoy the, uh, I enjoy the speeches because I, I kind of dabble in that on the side a little bit, do trying to, uh, you know, teach a little uh, presentation skills and things like that. So I enjoy watching them. Um, I enjoy, uh, you know, seeing what they have to say. And a lot of them are, you know, it's it's uh, it kind of gives you the chills to yeah. to to hear and and um you know the introductions too are it's they do an excellent job introducing uh you know and highlighting the players so isn't it going to be Dennis Smith for Steve Dennis uh, yep and oh so um, man yeah I know I mean and he's he's one to me I I love Dennis Smith too you know uh, another hard hitter I remember uh, Thurman Thomas talking about his whole side went numb one time after Dennis Smith hit. So, you know, he's, he's to me is, is one of those Broncos that are borderline hall of famer. Um, but it's great to see him uh, presenting Steve, I, Steve Atwater. I think it's, I think it's awesome that they picked him. Speaking of borderline, I mean, real quick, I'm just going to pull this up. Dennis Smith, NFL wiki, just real quick. I'm trying to remember his bona fides as far as his accolades. All sure. right. So he was a six time pro bowler. An original round, first round pick for Denver out of USC. Of course, he was part of that fearsome Trojan secondary alongside Ronnie Lott. Uh, let's see, for two-time first-team All-Pro and a second-team All-Pro. And then, of course, he helped the Broncos get to three different Super Bowls. Yep. I mean, I would guess, Tom, and by the way, Zeus, you man. Love you, brother. Um, I would guess that there are safeties in the hall right now. And I know it was a position that was actually quite neglected for a while in the hall Absolutely. until very recently the floodgates are kind of open, but I'm guessing there's one or two safeties currently in the hall of fame whose resume falls short of that of Dennis Smith. Yeah, I would say that as well. I mean, um, the, the only, th- I think the problem with, Dennis Smith's candidacy and it, it, it really, it's a shame is watching him get 
you know, on highlight films getting burned over the whole secondary getting burned over and over again against the 49ers. It's just, I mean, it's hard to watch that happening. And then as a voter to be like, Oh, we got to get this guy in the hall of fame. I know it's not, it, I'm not saying that he doesn't deserve for what he did in, you know, in the regular season. I think it's just something in their minds that they think about and be like, and they're just unwilling to, to do that. I mean, Steve Atwater was a rookie that year and then went on to a, a career uh, that was worthy of the hall of fame. And I think, I think that's why it makes Dennis Smith a, a borderline candidate, man, one of those fringe candidates, just because that's, that's it's the voters all saw that happen. And it, it was a shame. Mm-hmm. Especially Zach, you, I, I mean, you were, let's see, I'm a child of the eighties. Tom is a child of the eighties. 90s kid right here. You're a 90s kid. So you, <laughs> your your memory bank doesn't probably quite go back far enough to, you know, whatever that was, Tom, January of 90 when the Broncos yeah. got blown out 55-10 yeah. by the I Niners. Uh, but it's hard it, for me to forget. <laughs> it was uh, particularly brutal. Brutal. But real quick, Zach, I, before um, – we, we don't want to keep Tom too much longer, but Tom, a couple more for you. And I want to start with this phenomenal, phenomenal um, – article that you published today at milehighhuddle.com. You guys go check it out when you get a second, which is this. Hey, Broncos fans, you know, everyone's got a lot to celebrate right now with three guys going in. And I respectfully, I'll disagree with you on the 35% thing, but you are the expert. Um, it's just my, my opinion. I know, I know. And my take on it is, you know, if if they if it was like a Tony Dorsett, now he only ended up coming to Denver for what was that, one, one year, year, Tom? Yeah, but one let's year say, at the end of his career. Let's say he came and played four, and all four were kind of like the one year he played here where it was mediocre, you know, whatever. Then yeah. I'm with you, and he ends up going into the hall. He's not really a Bronco, but if they come and in that four-year qualification period, at least for the ring, uh, they are prolific. They contribute to, you know, winning, whether it's a Super Bowl, playoff berths, and or, uh, you know – individual accolades, then I'm all for it. Zach, what's your take on that? I'm right there with you. I just kind of wanted to pick Tom's brain while I had him real quick. I kind of wanted to ask you, Tom, kind of a pro pros and nothing, but what's one guy that you feel should not have gotten in this year? Like, and what's one guy that you feel like was snubbed this year? Just curious. Uh, well, actually, um, I think I'm, if we're talking about this year, like going in, I'm going to go back to Centennial class because I, I definitely have some, I have bone to pick with some of those selections. I felt like some of them were selections because this was the year we could get them in. So we're going to do it. So Harold Carmichael going in over Drew Pearson was uh, a head scratcher for me. Um, I, as a coach, I think Bill Cowher, yeah, deserves it, but did he deserve it to go ahead of uh, Don Correo, who's one of the most innovative, innovative coaches? I had a bone to pick with that. I think um, uh, uh, Jimbo Covert wasn't. Um, I mean, he, yeah, I think he can. He deserves to be in there at some point, but he, you know, going over people like Gratishar or other other deserving uh, candidates was a, another head scratcher for me. This this particular class, the 2021 class, um, I, I don't really have any uh, – I mean, obviously, I'd rather have some Broncos get in uh, ahead of some of these guys, but I don't really have any, um, any real bone to pick with the selections. I think John Lynch could have waited a year for, like, Zach Thomas maybe – but I can't, I can't really argue with it. I, I do know Alan, Alan Fanica got in, and he's, he's a stealer. So you know that's it's a given that they're gonna yeah. they're gonna shove them 
them in there. So yep. uh, th those are those are the ones that I was a little, I th would say, irritated with. So, guys, this article Tom put out, the premise is, hey, you know, let's celebrate these three guys going in. But let's also not forget that Randy Gratishar is still egregiously on the outside looking in, as are all-timers like Carl Mecklenburg, Lewis Wright. By the way, Tom, I always said it was Louis Wright. Then someone yep. corrected me and said it's Lewis. What, what is it, dude? <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I call him Louis Wright, but, yeah. you know, it, yeah, I think it could go either way. But, but Rick Church. Lionel Taylor, Goose Gonsolin, I mean, that, that's scratching the surface. And it was about a year ago, Tom, you, you published that article, 10 Most Egregious Hall of Fame Snubs. And, of course, it's outdated because Atwater led that list and he's now in the hall. But aside from the names you listed in today's article, I wanted to ask you about Mike Shanahan because you just talked about Bill Cower, right, and then getting in over a Coriel and all that. Well, Shanahan's not really ever been in the running, right? He's not yeah. really even made it through to through committee process and all that. Yeah. Do you think he ever – I mean, the Broncos are going to put him in the ring of fame this year. Yeah. But do you think he has a snowball's chance in H-E double hockey sticks of yeah. ever making it to the Hall of Fame as a two-time back-to-back elite company? How many head coaches in the league won not only more than one title, but back-to-back? -back? Does he have a shot? I do. I think he does well for, for two reasons. Number one, getting him into the ring of fame is kind of the first step. If if you're not in the ring of fame of your own team, uh, if there is a ring of fame, voters kind of look at that and be like, well, your own organization isn't rep, you know representing you. So that's uh, that's a hurdle to get over. Then you have right now they have sacrificed senior candidates for coaches um, getting in. So there's more of a chance for him to get in now because they're going to be selecting more coaches than they have in the past. His resume deserves it. I think his trip to Washington hurt it a little bit. Um, but I think what he did with the Broncos is deserving two-time Super Bowl champ. I mean, uh, you know, the running game is, you know, he, he helped to, you know, with Alex Gibbs, bring that uh, zone blocking to the forefront, making that uh, staple in the offense now. He, he should get in. I mean, he's deserving of it. So I think the, uh, I think the candidate that is more controversial probably is, uh, as a coach is, uh, for Bronx is Reeves, who I believe should be in the Hall of Fame too. So. You know, he also had a ring as OC of the Niners, right? The year Steve right. Young finally got his. But yep. um, I would mention here from Travis, thanks, buddy. Appreciate the stars as well. He's thrown in there. Carl Mecklenburg, which you've mentioned, right, you mentioned. Simon Fletcher, I just don't think there's enough there. In my heart, he's a Hall of Famer. But <laughs> in the 32, you know, the other 31 other clubs, I'm not sure. Uh, Tom Nalen, though? Tom, Tom in what <laughs> world is Tom Nalen not yeah. Hall of Like, if that dude wore a big old G – on his yep. the side of his helmet First or ballot. that weird Steeler logo or the Dallas Cow. Yep. Is there any doubt this dude would have been enshrined long ago? No, I, I am so passionate about Tom Nalen. So my article was more about the senior class, but I'm going to talk right. a little bit about Tom Nalen. And I, I'm going to paint a little picture. I I think when it comes to the Hall of Fame, if you're not like a shoe-in first bout, like say Peyton Manning or, or Ray Lewis or somebody that has everything that you can, you know, stats-wise, you can get them in, you have to have a remarkable career. And I go back to, I look at Joe Namath. Like if you look at his overall stats, you know, for his career, 500 winning uh, percentage, not, you know, especially in today's age, he's not a, a, a huge stats guy. He's kind of a, almost a borderline, but he, he has something that's remarkable about his career. Number one, he guaranteed a Super Bowl victory and then went out and backed it up, which gave legitimacy to the AFL. So that, that's a huge, a huge remarkable event. 
and he also was the first 4,000 yard passer before passing was, was, um, you know, anything, uh, uh, happening back now is more right. of a run game. So when I look at Tom Nalen's career, I can come up with so many remarkable events. One, I just talked about the zone blocking, uh, scheme. Yeah. Alex Gibb brought it to the forefront, but Tom Nalen was the pivotal player throughout that entire run for every 1000 yard rusher that they had. He was the center. Everybody, all the other pieces moved, but Tom Nalen didn't. And every year, just about every year that he was the major starter, they had a thousand yard back at least and a 2000 yard back and back to back Super Bowls pushed Gilbert Brown all over the field. I mean, these are remarkable fence. And if you look, if you compare Tom Nalen's career to the other centers, there's really one center that's his peer. And that's Kevin Mawai. Only other player that had 10 1000 yard rushers and a 2000 yard rusher. Great He's center. Yeah, <laughs> great, great player. Was. Great center. But what great is Jets? What is remarkable about his career over Tom Nalen's? Never won a Super Bowl, not a huge playoff success. Got had Curtis Martin running for him a long time, Hall of Famer. Uh, you know, Nalen had 4 years of Terrell Davis running for him. I mean, these the their their careers are parallel. And I'll also add one thing <laughs> to this that I really don't like. And that comes when the voters start looking at all pros. These are the same voters that vote for the Hall of Fame pretty much that vote people into all pro. Yep. So it's kind of like a, you know, it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy, but he's the only center. If you, I've lined it up on a graph and I should, I should uh, send that to you at some point so you can, you can see it. He's the only center that had not only one, but two Hall of Fame centers competing for those yearly accolades he got mm. two all first team all pros kevin mawai the entire career he had uh same time and demarty demonte dars yeah Der- dermati dawson it's a hard yes. what's a Der- weird name that's right Dermotti. so Demi- dawson got the all pro in 98 when it should have been nalens just based on reputation alone he yep. did not have that the, the year for the steelers was not even close Plus TD, right? TD gets right. over 2K and you that don't get right. Nalen, the yeah. freaking All-Pro. Let's go. So all the other centers that kind of got those at least two All-Pros were in between Hall of Fame careers winding down and before another one starts. So if you look at uh, Langier and and uh, Webster and you look at uh, Otto, you know, you look at all these Hall of Fame, they, they were staggered. And then you have intermixing of all pros in between those yeah. when those, those guys were deserving of all those accolades. Tom Nalen didn't have that luxury. And if Jeff Saturday gets in, that's another one you could add to it. So oh, yeah. when people look at their all pros, like, well, Tom Nalen had two first team all pros. So what? He was competing with some of the best centers yeah. for those particular accolades. So Good he had a remarkable career. He should be in the hall of fame. And, I, and my fear is, and that's part of why I wrote this article was a lot of fans were stumping for Davis and Atwater and get trying to get Gratisher in because it was so long before any Broncos got in that Carl Mecklenburg kind of like slipped through the cracks and is in the senior pool. And I don't care what anybody says. Stumping for your guy works. Look at what happened with Clay Matthews last this, this run. He never sniffed the finalists, but his daughter had a great campaign. Now he's a finalist, barely missed it. I mean, I, I think he missed it by just a few votes if I, I mean, for what I'm hearing is correctly. So we, we've missed that. And I don't want Tom Nalen to miss out while we're trying to get everybody else in because mm. they just kind of forget about him, you know, mm-hmm. like Carl Mecklenburg. Now he's in the senior pool abyss. Yeah. He's, who knows when he's going to get in. It's going to take years. I mean, there's 50 deserving senior, bowl, uh, senior pool candidates right. across the NFL 
that aren't even in. I mean, I, I probably won't even be alive when many of those guys get in, let alone those people that uh, deserve, you know? Those that was players. the perfect word you used, not only just now, but in the article, the abyss, right? The senior yes, abyss. it is. But Tom, we got to cut you loose. Thank you so much for making time for us. All we right. plan on having Tom on one of the shows, either Saturday or Sunday's show, uh, to continue breaking down and maybe reacting to some of the speeches because Steve Atwater has Dennis Smith introducing him Saturday. Um, I can't remember now who John Lynch chose to introduce, and then Peyton's having his dad Archie do it, right? Yep. I forget uh, I forget John Lynch, too. So I'm sorry. I, yeah, I it's, it's okay. But nevertheless, lots more to celebrate, guys. Enjoy tonight as far as the, the football game while we're breaking this stuff down for you, and then Tom will be back with us this weekend. Make sure, by the way, Andrew Morrow, thank you for that super sticker, my dog. I don't have the means right this second to see what the emoji uh, is, Zach, but – He's 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 a Hall of Famer in his own right. Yes. Tom, love you, dude. Follow him on Twitter at Thomas Hall NFL. We'll talk to you this weekend, brother. Thank you very much. All right, buddy. Thanks, Tom. There he goes, Tom, dude. I mean, I could seriously sit here and listen to because here, here's the one thing: like Broncos fans, Zach, they know the names. You know, uh, they know the Carl Mecklenburgs, even if they're not of that era. They know the even Rod Smith. I'm going to throw in there. But Tom can sit and not only talk about those individual Broncos who deserve Hall of Fame and Rolodex their individual resumes, but then he can also Rolodex in his mind, connecting them to the Hall of Famers that are in, who are arguably not as deserving as some of these guys. Just different, the eras, like he just mentioned about Kevin Mawai, Dermati Dawson. I mean, he's just a wealth of knowledge. What a great asset for us here at MHH. Yeah, how does the expression go? I mean, for most, especially in Broncos country, he's forgotten more about the Broncos than most people will ever know. I mean, he's just a great football fan. We appreciate having him on here for sure. Leroy, what's up, buddy? Good to see you. Appreciate you. Jerry, what's going on, my friend? Uh, We got Jim Hilton in the house as well. Ty, good to see you. Uh, Dylan in the house moderating the chat for us. We got the legendary Gary Leeds Palmer. What's up, brother? State of being indeed. Uh, Ed Keating, what's good, my friend? Good to see you. And then real quick, Zach, we got to handle some matters of business. But before we do that, uh, let me move this one closer so I know which one's which here on the share screen. Uh, I want to show you guys where we stand. Let me see. Is this the – hold on. Let me see. One last thing. Okay. Either way, it doesn't matter. Uh, Is this the one? Yes. Here is the current leaderboard. I'm just going to keep it on the last seven days. Remember, we're trying to get to 500,000 stars on Facebook. You guys are helping us get there. Inch by inch, star by star. Zach, the top 10 right now for the last seven days, Travis Weber, Claude Riley, number two, Andrew Lamp, number three, Zeus McPeak. Now, remember, this is the last week. Number four, Gary Leeds Palmer, the legend. Number five, Shane Daniels checking in at number six, Michael Ronquillo at seven, Andrew Baker, Pete Middleton, Zebulon, rounding out the top 10. And then, Zach, one last thing real quick before – I serve this over to you. Let's just take a quick look at the last 28 days and it's reordered a little bit. So you guys can kind of see if you need to step your game up inch closer to making sure or improving your odds, I should say dramatically of landing that Jersey. But thank you guys. Uh, Michael Ronquillo has to, for, for once and for all, clear up how to pronounce his last name because I feel like we're saying it at a different time yeah. every single pot. Ron, Ronquillo, I'm assuming, not Ronquillo. But regardless, guys, thank you so much. Each and every star you send, not each and every night, each and every star is so, so appreciated, and we definitely uh, acknowledge you And you know what's, you deserve. What's weird about that particular um, – not just that name, but names like that. 
um, is I went to school, for example, with a couple of kids whose last name was Trujillo, T-R-U-J-I-L-L-O. They pronounced it Trujillo. No O, no Y, Trujillo. And then I've heard and I've met other people with the exact same last name who pronounce their last name Trujillo or Trujillo. I've seen three different ways to pronounce it. So Zach's right, Mike. You got to let us know how to pronounce it so we're not uh, bashing our heads against the wall. But Travis's Michael, Gary, thank you guys. Yeah, I think we have a listener named Tru, uh, Trujillo, if I remember uh-huh, correctly. We do. Trujillo or Trujillo. So, yeah, it's uh, definitely one of those uh, – when, when the cultures get crossed with the pronunciations, it gets a little mixed up sometimes. Andrew Baker is pretty easy to pronounce. No yeah, problem there. Not so bad there. Um, all right, guys. So here we are, 24 minutes. Now, tonight, if you have anything burning on your mind that you want us to address, you got to get it in now. We'll, we're guaranteed to see it if it's a super chat. But we don't have probably a full hour tonight because Zach's got things to do on the Cowboys beat. So get them in now. Um, But as far as news, you know, there's nothing particularly uh, breaking that occurred today. However, Zach, one thing we did not really address on last night's show was what Pat Uh, Shermer. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Michael. You got to help us phonetically. You You know what I'm saying? So let me give you an example. All right. Really quick. Sorry, guys. Bear with me one second. So, Michael, it might be. Is it pronounced like this? Okay, hold up, hold up. Or is right. We promise. Okay, behold this. Okay, tell me your thoughts here. Tell me which one it is. This is there's number one, (laughs) and then there's number two. Like at the eye doctor. Here's how. Here's what we need to know: Ronquillo or Ronquillo? (laughs) Jeff Phil. So just tell us: Is it Ronquillo? If so, one, hit number two. one, Mike. If it's Ronquillo, keep, keep. Man, see, I'm already butchering it, but nevertheless, hopefully this that helps we, you. This is why we need the answer. Otherwise, we're never going to get it. Yes, indeed. Uh, Sam well, Bam jumping in as well with a super sticker. Thank Here, you. let me let me see. I got a second. I can quickly tell you at least what. I can't show it to you guys, but I can look and see what the actual super stickers are. Um, stand by one second here. So, uh Looks like it is a from Sam Bam. It's a unicorn, a rainbow wow. unicorn, which my daughter would be all about that particular uh, emoji. She's all about it. Andrew yeah. Marles was a big so old I, emoji face. Zach with um, dollar signs for for eyeballs. So ah. much obliged. It's no acid hippo, but you know it'll do. We appreciate you, Sam Bam. Indeed. Thank you. Um, all right. By the way, Chase. Sorry <laughs> to hear that you are under the weather, my friend. Okay. Just give us one or two. One or two. We'll call um, you Michael. All right, guys. And you know what, Zach? It was crazy. Uh, people are watching this game. Look, this is probably the lowest number of live in the room we've yeah. seen in like two years. Even I on actually, a Sunday night in the middle of the NFL season. Yeah, I actually wanted to. Anyone who – I'm kind of having one eye. I, I, I saw someone say I'm looking up for Zeus up there. I, I have a TV on right above me, so I'm trying to watch the game and podcast at the same time. So excuse me while I do that. Anyone watching the game, though, Chad, real quick, couple of things that jump out to me. Micah Parsons, who some of us badly wanted the Broncos to draft this year. I'm not poo-pooing Patrick Sertan, but he is a sideline-to-sideline side freak. You see it evident from snap one in this game. I think he's going to be a superstar. And also – 
looking a little bit toward the future, we always get the questions about who's the Broncos' next head coach, who are some 2022 coaching candidates. Uh, there's one right there, Kellen Moore, the OC of the Cowboys. Watch how he schemes the offense. Watch how, even though he has uh, his second-string quarterback, no Dak Prescott, no Zeke Elliott, watch how he gets the, the, his weapons that he has open in space. Watch Uh-oh. how he utilizes them. So a couple storylines to keep in mind so far. And the fact that football's back, which is great. Guys, did you just see the uh, Zach getting – frozen like an internet freeze type thing let me know uh, i'm wondering if it's my end because zach remember mine kind of did a weird yeah. thing right before we went live that was a good um, little rant though i don't want to have to repeat that yeah well here's andrew just showing, just showing some love hey humorous with your preseason prediction and who wins <clears throat> the job love y'all hashtag mhh for life uh preseason prediction for this game i mean i'm guessing it's going to be the steelers come out on top in this one who wins the job? I'm still sticking with Drew Locke. And then on that topic, Zach, uh, and then also Sam Bam, another super sticker, only this time it is the Acid Hippo indeed. All right. He came through with a uh, a super chat. My Checking man, that box for you. All right. My man, Sam Bam. Appreciate, Appreciate you. you. All right. So real quick here, let me do let me do a share screen because I got to pick your brain on this and what it means. We might have touched on this a little bit, but we didn't really like let our hair down on it. Pat Shermer says this is the best version he has seen of Drew Locke. And I want to read, he, he said that, and then he was immediately asked on the next question, all right, well, what are you seeing? Like, if this is the best, what has improved? And he just said, quote, he's just improved, and I think we're making corrections with Drew that you would make with a quarterback in the second year of a system. There are little decision-making things, or get the ball here a little quicker. Uh, and then he went on to say, um, a few things about Teddy that we can get to, but what is your interpretation of that, that this is the best version of Drew that I've seen, according to Pat Sherman? Sorry. Uh, well, it's obviously he's only seen him for two years now, and last year I think we can all chalk it up to it being a marred year at the very minimum and a ruined year at the very worst. So I think he's seeing Drew Locke with some sort of continuity, the continuity that Drew Locke hasn't had since what, his sophomore year of college, Chad. So it's been Mm -hmm. a while with that. He's seeing what I think a more motivated Drew Locke looks like, uh, a guy with more natural swagger, a guy coming into himself as a person and a quarterback, and a guy who's being pushed by having a veteran behind him in Teddy Bridgewater. It's kind of hyperbole to say through a week at training camp that it's the best version of Drew because he can always implode at any moment. That's one thing about Drew Locke that's undeniable. Uh, but I think it's encouraging that his offensive coordinator realizes that last year was more of an aberration and not what's the uh, true picture of what a locked Broncos offense looks like. By the way, we're getting confirmation that it was not on the listeners, viewers end. It was on my end. So I don't know. That's weird, man. I'm sitting here like I can reach out right now and touch my router. It's the most, what is it, gigs you can get. I'm just cursed by these things, I guess. I don't know, dude, what else I could do to like ensure that never happens. But nevertheless, guys, before you jump too far into reading into, I should say, uh, and jump into conclusions on what Shermer said, he didn't save the flowery words for Drew only. He said relative to Teddy, quote, I think he's done a good job. I think he's built on all the good work he did in the spring. I've got great familiarity with Teddy from our time together at the Vikings, and I think he's getting better each day. Obviously, Drew had an advantage to some degree as far as knowing how we focus and how we function, and Teddy has caught up, closed quote. 
So a little interesting there. He's been, according to Shermer, he's been pleased with the way both quarterbacks have executed up to this point. But if he wasn't, Zach, by the way, Peyton Manning is currently on the screen. You can't compete with Peyton Manning on a live broadcast, national television. But if the (laughs) quarterbacks, Zach, were not doing well, is Pat Shermer going to stand up there and say that they're not doing well? He wouldn't. Yeah, it's coach speak, and this is it's all sunshine and roses in the first week of training camp. I, I will say this without trying to read too much into it. Did Pat Shermer just tell on himself here? If his offense hasn't changed since the last time that he had Teddy Bridgewater, there's no, there's been no adaptation. There's been no alterations to it. There's been no adjustments in the you know the current year and the way the trends are going in the NFL. That's the one gripe I have about Pat Shermer. So reading into that comment, I understand he's trying to make a case of familiarity, probably the reason why the Broncos traded for Teddy in the first place, but I would hope that his playbook has changed a little bit in, what, three years now? Or Indeed. longer? Absolutely. Um, a couple of other things he said here did Mr. Pat Shermer. Quote, you know, as far as like reading into which QB got this number of reps, um, even overreacting over like an interception or something, Quote, you got to be a little bit careful when you're doing the math on who played well and who didn't. We, the coaches, may have a period with five plays where it's three runs, play action, and a screen. We did a drill today where we were actually trying to throw incompletions to stop the clock. Pin in that just for a second. Zach, that day, so I think this was uh, Tuesday's practice, I could tell you half a dozen, if not more, actually a dozen or more, of media on site on a couple of throws, both from Locke and Bridgewater, who were tweeting, my goodness, what a horrible decision. What a crap throw and all this stuff, right? You don't always know the context. And this is also why pro football focus, though they do the best they can, why Zach and I don't really read into the grades because you can get part of the way there by just, you know, watching if you know anything about football, but you don't know what that guy's individual responsibility is on a given play. Thus, How can you accurately grade if he did well or not? But I digress. So you might say, says Shermer, holy smokes, that was a crappy throw. When no, that's what we were designed to do. So sadly for you guys, you don't have the scripts and you don't know the intention of our drills, but some of that happens at. (laughs) <laughs> to me, this can quickly turn into like a Pat Shermerow session. Why are they having a drill where they're stopping the clock by throwing, dirting the ball? I mean, there's really a need for a drill for that, Chad. I think that just instills kind of a poor habit for quarterbacks. But um, yeah, context does matter. And you'll see the, the way the media will recap the practices, oh, a bunch of incompletions and erratic play. But when the offensive coordinator who's telling you that he scripted it that way is saying, listen, it was intended to be that sloppy, uh, that never gets any shine, and it should. We did get to hear from Drew and Teddy also uh, following yesterday, Wednesday's practice. Um, we could get to some of that, but we're already at 34 minutes, so let's see what else is on your mind, guys. Uh, specific questions, specific topics you want us to get to. It is the Mile High Mailbag. Get it in now because we don't have a full hour tonight. Jess, what's good, man? Longtime Super Chat superstar. Appreciate you, my friend. He says, it's Christmas guys and girls. Yeah, we definitely feel you on that. It feels good. As I sit here streaming to you guys and talking to Zach and talking with you, and I have my phone, which is the size of a paperback freaking book. Game is on right now. It just feels good, man. It feels like all is right in the world when you can look and there's a screen and you got a game going on, baby. 
Yeah, the media, you know, the non-football media, the media in general will have you believe that the world is again coming to an end, but I feel normal right now, Chad. I mean, NFL football is on my screen. It's early August, the Hall of Fame game. There's nothing, there's no, you know, special CV protocols for this game. I'm just happy. I'm just laughing at myself, though, Chad, real quick. Only the only Pat Shermer, I mean, only he would actively teach to throw incompletions. I can't get over the fact that he actually said that out loud. I feel you, but at the same time, Roll with me on this just for a second. I'm no, I'm Devil's just playing Devil's. around. I'm going to play devil's advocate, though, for real, just for a second. Casual what, Thursday. What if you're in a situation, two-minute drill, you just completed a you know fourth and 12, yeah. you've converted, moved the chains, they go down and botch the uh, you know kill it drill, and then later you find out from a player who says, yeah, we never practiced that once in training camp. Now all of a sudden this dude is getting freaking crucified because of an oversight. So it's like, Damned if you do, damned if you don't, in some sense. By the way, do you have Dutch to practice is that, though? Isn't it common? I don't know. Maybe it's just me. You've been doing that all your life in football. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway. True, true. true. Michaela, the Duchess, appreciate you, you so know. much, my friend. She did come through for you. All right. We've got the acid hippo in full effect. I'm going to see if this will work. I don't think it Please. will. But no, it's not letting me do it. I was oh. going to try and copy paste it because you can do that with emojis. This one, it doesn't, it's not letting me. It must be specific to YouTube. So, anyway, uh, Michaela, love you. Appreciate you. I hope Thank you're doing well. Uh, here's uh, BNS. Zach, you got me? Yeah, you're a little laggy, but am, am I doing the, am I doing the spinny? It's not, it's just like really slow. You're like at 10 um, FPS right all now. All right. Probably one or two more guys, and then we got to go. All right. We're, we're borrowed time right now. All right, did you lag out? You got me now? Yeah. You want me to read the question? You get the question. You get the question. Okay, yeah, you're a little I, – I, you came back now, but your connection's a little spotty. So BNS, uh, he says, Priest, we appreciate you, BNS. Uh, if you look objectively, his mechanics have improved, decision-making improved. He just needs reps. Uh, I'm excited to see him in game action. Hashtag all Pro Bowls. Hashtag best pot on earth. BNS, we appreciate that uh, so much. That's a high, high compliment for us. I assume you're talking about Drew Locke there, and it, most people, the problem is you don't look objective, objectively at him. You look at him subjectively, you have one predetermined narrative, and he'll you'll find any way to confirm that, whether it be incomplete pass, whether it be an interception. Uh, I just think if you let him grow a little more, I think you can see the dividends from that growth. Mike, appreciate you, my friend. Really do. Um, <laughs> Jewel the Fool, is he, are we getting trolled right now? No, I don't know. I just I just saw that Chad's on the acid hippo. <laughs> Moving super slow mo. You need you need a guide right now, you know. Yeah. So it's acid hippo. If you're gonna go on one of those psychedelic trips, I guess you need a shaman like a guide. And that's Zach for you tonight. All right. Yeah. Trip responsibly. All right, guys. We're sitting here at 38 minutes, but unfortunately we do gotta cut you loose for tonight. Before we do that though, Zach, I just want to double check and make sure. We did not miss thanking any stars. And you know what? We would have. So I'm glad that I double-checked this before we dip on out of here for this evening. Um, Got to say thank you and much obliged. Appreciate you. To Zeus McPeak. Zeus, YouTube superstar, Mount Rushmore, Facebook superstar, Mount Rushmore. Love you, bro. Travis, Michael, Travis again, Tarbox that is. Gary, and let me see if I'm missing anyone else. And Andrew Baker, of course. Thank you guys so much for the stars. 
We're inching closer to 500,000. When we do, we're going to go to the leaderboard and where guys are ranked and gals on that leaderboard, that is going to dictate how many tickets go in the hat, right, for the yeah. raffle. So you increase your odds of getting this jersey. And there will be something else a little special that's going to go along with that that is kind of personal from Zach and myself. So trust, when that time comes, whoever that lucky winner is, it's not just going to be, no offense, some rando that like barely watched the pod once upon a time. This is going to be going to not only someone who's a dedicated member of our community, Zach, but someone who is yeah. supporting us on a day-in and day-out basis, ensuring this content train, content ball keeps a rolling. And the great thing is, and this is why we're so appreciative, is every single person you see there and so many others match that exact criteria. They epitomize what it means to be a true superstar, and we are so appreciative. Uh, This is my fault, though. I pulled up Andrew Baker's comment while you were reading Jewel. He says, Pat Shermer is such a genius. We are so lucky to have someone so damn bright calling our offense. And uh, Jewel thought that we were, uh, you know, we didn't take the joke the right way. What we did, I know we were trying to be sarcastic. I, 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 I love sarcasm. We I don't take it as a criticism, though. Thank you. Uh, Albert, another one of our great superstars, especially present, of course, on Facebook. This is a man who might fool you into thinking that this is indeed Jeffrey Lebowski in the flesh, but it's not. All right, this is Albert Knopper's superstar. He's a great guy. We're looking forward to seeing you and your, your great wife, Michelle, on yes. uh, September 26th. He says, I'm looking forward to Kelberman's Corner. And Broncos Book Club. Let's not forget Trickle Zone either. That's right, gang. Uh, before we dip out of here, Zach, I'm going to only cover one thing on our little banner rundown, and that is since we skipped matters of business today, uh, I'm going to importune our entire community to go over to Facebook, Mile High Huddle Facebook, navigate facebook.com slash Mile High Huddle, or just open up the Facebook app on your phone, search Mile High Huddle. Click the big blue button at the top that tells you, become a supporter. It's five bucks a month. You're helping keep the lights on at MHH, especially with what we're doing on the pod side. A, B, you get access, as Albert just mentioned, to our premium podcast content, which starts with Kelberman's Corner Sundays at noon, the Trickle Zone Saturdays at noon mountain, and then Broncos Book Club Saturdays at 2 p.m. mountain time. So with that, guys, we got to cut tonight a little bit short. Um, I just saw another uh, some more stars come in. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Appreciate you. Andrew, you the man. But, Zach, with that, dude, uh, I know you got some stuff, some fish to fry. So uh, yes, sir. we'll talk, of course, between now and then. But I'll see you Sunday for Kelberman's Corner and then the Huddle Up podcast Sunday night. Yeah, I hope you have a great weekend, Chad. I truly do. And everyone else out there, we will see you guys on Sunday. And real quick, you mentioned the meetup. This is, you know, we like to put at least one call out per podcast. We are conducting the official MHH Huddle Up Pod meetup week three against the New York Jets at Empower Field in Denver. Your boys will be there. Anyone who can uh, come down will have more information soon about it. But we'd love to meet each and every one of you. And thank you to your face for all that you do. But this was the Huddle Up Podcast, and uh, we are off until Sunday night. Be sure, in the meantime, though, to follow the Huddle Up Pod on Twitter, at Huddle Up Pod. You can follow the main account on Twitter, at Mile High Huddle. You can follow Chad on Twitter, at Chad and Jensen. You can follow myself, at Kelberman NFL. Please, if you haven't already, go to HuddleUpPod.com and get your swag on, get yourself a hat, get yourself a shirt, get yourself etc., etc. We appreciate all your patronage there. Also, Facebook.com, like Chad mentioned, slash uh, Myli Huddle, become a supporter. Big blue button. I promise you guys it's worth it. More exclusive content on the way. Also, Facebook.com slash Myli Huddle Pod. 
differentiate the pages. Like both of them, though, we appreciate it. But if you can't do any of that, we totally understand and totally appreciate it. We ask you to do three things, though, that take five seconds. Subscribe, like, and share this video and each and every video that you see uh, on the channel. It helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you and bring them into the huddle as we've come to known to be. But we are off until Sunday night. We'll see you for Kelberman's Corner on Sunday afternoon. Until then, and as always, take care. And go You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.